Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly Bible study. Please join Dr. Steve Wood every week where we can all collectively grasp a better understanding of God through His Word. This podcast will be published every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at Steve rwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Frank Four. I'm, uh, well, this is one of the first of the podcast that we're going to be doing without Pastor Steve, as everybody knows. He's in the U.S. right now. Hopefully things are going well with him, but uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and set probably five podcasts up. I'm not going to be the only one doing it, so there will be other parishioners doing them. So uh, please stay tuned every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. I like to tell everybody right now I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher, I'm just a guy. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I was asked to do this, and um, I figured why not. So uh, we're going to start this off by, uh, I prayed about it, and... um, the thought that came to me was the right stuff. Uh, remember that movie? It was probably, I don't know, about 20 years ago about the guy that broke the speed barrier and supposedly he had the right stuff and blah, blah, blah. I don't think I've, I've probably seen the movie once a long time ago and I don't know why it popped into my mind. But I want to talk about the right stuff. This, there was only one person that had the right stuff and that was Jesus Christ. He lived, sacrificed, and died and rose again from the grave for each one of us. As I see it, there are three things that make up the right stuff, and they are the way, the truth, and the life. I want to briefly talk about these three components, which makes makes up the building blocks of the right stuff. The first component is the way. The way, according to Acts 9, chapters 1 and 2, are Christians describing themselves as disciples of the Lord and followers of the way. The verse says, Saul, yet breathing out threatening, threatenings and, sl- and slander against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that he found any of this way, whether they are men or women, and he's talking about Back then, men and women, Christians, were called the disciples of the way. He might bring them bound to Jerusalem. In the simplest terms, the way that we should live as Christians, I know for me, it is a challenging walk. It is hard, but also rewarding. In 1975, when I was 17 years old, a long time ago, I enlisted in the United States Marine Corps. When I joined up, I really didn't give it much thought about it. I heard it was tough, but, you know, I really didn't, I I wasn't afraid. I just, at 17, I didn't give it much thought of anything, really. I remember at the receiving base in San Diego, California, at boot camp, there was a poster that said, I beg your pardon, but I didn't promise you a rose garden. I don't know if anybody remembers that song, but it was really popular in the early 70s. The Rose Garden song that went something like this. Rose Garden, 
As the song sings, the Marine Corps boot camp wasn't at Rose Garden. The Christian walk is much like boot camp. It seems that the Lord first must empty you before he can fill you. It's all about focus and change. The old man will die and the new man will emerge victorious in and through Jesus Christ. There will be peaks and valleys, so don't think they won't be but the Lord will always be with you and beside you on your journey. Now to the second component, which is truth. Truth is a, is a funny thing. Uh, anymore, it seems like all truth is subjective. It's based on feelings, emotions, and um, opinions. And that's not really truth. Uh, truth, specifically, absolute truth, that's something which... It's true at all times and all places. It is something that is always true no matter what the circumstances and the fact that cannot be changed. So that's true. Uh, truth is absolute truth. That's the only truth that's only, that's real truth. The, uh, subjective truth is basically a lie. According to Martin Luther, the reformer, I shall never be a heretic. I may err in dispute, but I do not wish to dis to decide anything finally. On the other hand, I am not bound by the opinions of men. This, this means that if true is not absolute, it is not truth at all. Interesting enough, Aristotle states that the high-minded man must care more for truth than for what people think. So if we consider ourselves to be wise individuals, our concern should be found in the truth, not to submit to opinions, which brings me to what Bob Dylan once said about truth. Bob Dylan, the songwriter, uh, the artist, according to Bob Dylan, all truth in the world adds up to a big lie. Um, as you can see, I guess he's not a very optimistic person. But the world is full of heft and twisted truths. In other words, we live in a world which truth is just an illusion. This generation has been listening to things like, and I'm talking about the current generation, the kids today, questions are, they're questioning, is there a God? And the answer is, the world says probably not. They're questioning, where did everything come from? And the world basically says the Big Bang triggered everything. Before that, we can't say really for sure. They're questioning questions like, how do I know that's what's right and what's wrong? As you can see, it's uh, the truth is really marred. It almost seems like truth has become a dirty word, or at least a corrupt one. In its place, we are left with a whole lot of uncertainty. When I think of absolute truth, my mind goes automatically to mathematics. For 2 plus 2 will always equal 4, and it doesn't matter the circumstances, time, or place. In comparison, we live in an illusion of truth, which is created by liars by the means of repetition, which means a fact seems more true regardless of whether it is true or not. Understanding this effect, which basically if you hear the lie over and over and over again, you'll start believing, will help you avoid falling into propaganda, and basically that's what that is. Repeating a lie often enough 
and it becomes a truth. It is the law of propaganda often attributed to Nazi Joseph Goebbels. I have known people which lies have become their reality, which is a horrible waste, a horrific and horrible waste of life. Let's go to the good news, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus, who called himself the truth, John 14, 6, was full of truth, John 1, 14, told the truth, Mark 12, 32, taught the way of God in truth, Matthew 22, 16, taught about truth, John 8, 31, and came to the world to bear witness of the truth, John 18, 37. The Bible identifies truth as a quality in, intrinsic to the very nature of God. Brothers and sisters, you're not going to find it anywhere else. And that's the absolute truth. The last component that I would like to talk about is life itself. The age-old question is, what is the meaning of life? I believe this is the most mysterious and the simplest question ever asked. For me, the meaning of life is to know God. Why else will we be on this earth? The ultimate meaning of life is finding joy in God. We can trust Him through challenges, defining moments, and the lows and highs. Our purpose on this earth is to follow God and enjoy Him and to spread the good news about Him to others. We are commanded to love God and to love others. Take what you've learned about God, what you've been given, and share it with those around you with a full heart, knowing we belong to God and wanting to share that grace and truth with others is when we feel most alive. The focus should always be on God. The focus should never be on yourself, for that is just a trap that will always take you down. In my life, I can remember being successful in the top of, at, at the top of my game. I was completely self-absorbed, and I had everything basically that I wanted. I remember uh, one day, you know, well, let's go back a little bit. I had a, a great job. I mean, a job's a job, and you can't say I love my job every day, but I had a good job. I really enjoyed it, and I had it for many years. And I guess I was considered uh, very good at my job because a lot of people... Uh, needed my assistance in a lot of things, but I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just—it it is what it is. God was really blessed me through my through my life, my career, and uh, I, I've always strived uh, for more things, bigger toys, uh, happiness, which I, it always eluded me. It, seemed, it was funny because the more things I got, it seemed like the more emptier I, I became, and. Uh, I've always, I always thought that if you had a lot of stuff and a lot, a lot of money and you was healthy and you was this and you was that, that you'd be happy. Well, not really. Uh, I I'm sure there's a lot of miserable millionaires in this world. Uh, I remember going to a store once and uh, I was just bored and I was looking around and I picked up these sunglasses. And I don't know why I remember this, but I think about this all the time. And I put the sunglasses on and I looked in the mirror and, uh, yeah, I thought, well, that'd be all right. And these sunglasses are a couple hundred dollars, you know. And I was about ready to go pay for them. I really didn't want them, but I just, as I said, I was bored. 
But uh, the thought that came to me is, you know, how stupid is this? You know, why am I just buying this junk all the time? You know, why why would anybody in their right mind would pay two hundred dollars for sunglasses or over two hundred dollars for sunglasses? I mean, do I have more money than intelligence? And why why do I feel so empty? You know, I was miserable, and God opened my eyes at that time, and uh, yeah, and my life changed dramatically. I mean, I. It changed in a such a way that, uh, yeah, everything just turned topsy-turvy. And that was good. I mean, it was good for me. And that's, that was my purpose. It, it was to serve God, to love God, to know God. And uh, I never will forget about the sunglasses. And in fact, I didn't buy the sunglasses. And uh, to this day, when I buy sunglasses, you know, they're just cheap old sunglasses. But um, anyway, yeah, you know, God will, will, if there's something missing in your life, then more than likely, it's God. Because uh, it seems like the more I got, such as toys, the happier and miserable, until God opened my eyes. I must continuously remind myself that it's not about me. It's about the purpose that all of us have, and it, it is to know God. And just to know of Him, but to enjoy a, a relationship with Him, with the loving God. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ died for sins, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. And that's 1 Peter three eighteen. We, or should I say Christians, are often accused of being narrow-minded because we assert that there's no other way to get to God but through Jesus Christ. People often ask the question, don't our religions point to the same God, or what's so special about Jesus? Why is he the only way? Jesus is the only way because the Bible tells us that absolute truth, simply because Jesus Christ is the right stuff. Well, that's all I got to say about that. Um, I hope that I got through to somebody or through to somebody and something to think about. Um, I prayed about when I, I did this, and uh, yeah, that's all I can say. So uh, let me pray and close. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this podcast. Oh, Lord, I, I just pray my voice is out there. And, and uh, even though that um, I'm not an eloquent speaker, oh, Father, I pray that uh, you give the people here in grace to hear what needs to be heard, oh, Father, you but not me, oh, Lord. So give them that grace, oh, Lord, to to open their hearts to you, oh, Father. It's so simple, oh, Father. To me, it's just so simple. But then again, it's so hard because we get in the way, oh, Lord. We get in the way of you, oh, Lord. So give us that grace, oh, Father, to trust you, to love you, oh, Father, and to just uh, enjoy you. I thank you for this time in Panama. I thank you for the situation I'm in. I thank you that the time I'm living in, oh, Lord, and Oh, Lord, I just thank you for all things. I pray that I can really trust you and give us that grace, oh, Father, to, to be that church, oh, Father, to support each other, oh, Father, to lean on each other, oh, Father, and to learn and to love you. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please stay tuned for a short weekly editorial with Face to Face with Dr. Fred. Good evening. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, which is, we all know, is the love chapter. And the last verse, it's chapter 13, verse 
13. And now abideth faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. About two years ago, the lady, Lourdes, who does my printing for me, came to my house and said, Say, I found something on the internet. I want to know, is this you? And I looked at it. I said, yes, it is. That's Marlene and I. And so the printout on the internet was from a book that my friend, Dr. John Bassano, who was pastor of the First Baptist Church in uh, Houston, Texas. We've been friends for years. He's gone now to glory. But he wrote a book, Power of Positive Praying, that became a well-known book. So he made a revised revision of that book, and this is what he wrote. He will do what he promises, talking about God, of course, and you will be glad you waited and waited and waited. I have never seen God delay to answer prayer except to answer it later in a greater way. The last thing righteous Joseph prayed for was a fiancé impregnated by another. God's answer, wait just a little bit longer. How about the virgin mother of the Savior of the world? And imagine Paul's disappointment in God's denial to be the apostle to a very small religious sect, the Jews. God's answer, got a little bigger plan, Paul. How about an apostle to the whole world? Dr. Fred Minton made a three-day business trip from Dallas to San Francisco. Before he left, he put about a handful of sticky tab notes around the house for Marlene, each with a brief message, I love you. He was surprised when he called home that night and she had nothing about the notes, nor the second night, nor the third, nor at the airport when she welcomed him home on the fourth day. The next morning, he found every note still in place, each with an added word, T-O-O-2. -O and now abideth faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Contact information is as follows.
Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. This concludes HBC's weekly Bible study. Please join us every Wednesday for Bible study at 7 p.m. Thank you, and God bless.